everybody, it's Al Kendall, and welcome to another edition of Album Sides, where I put together a collection of songs that are connected in some way and would make up a terrific side of a vinyl record if anybody had ever been cool enough to put them together and release it as such. Kind of like me being your own personal Kate man. so join me and let me turn you on to some groovy tunes today. However, on this edition of our podcast of Album Sides, I've got to start off with a little bit of a beef. I'm so angry at my sister. I can't believe what she did. Every year this gets thrown up in my face. Her birthday is coming up again. This year it's on January 8th. And I think it was last year as well. Maybe most of the years. But she shares a birthday with Elvis Presley and David Bowie. Two of the greatest singers and frontmen in rock and roll history. And Mike Reno from Loverboy, who was no slouch with a bandana anyway. I, on the other hand, I was born on the same day as Peter Tork of the Monkees and the bass player for Loverboy. Can anybody name the bass player for Loverboy? I didn't think so. Well, let me do it for you. It's Scott Smith. I have it memorized because he's one of the people, one of the few people born on my birthday. Now, I did eventually come to find out that Jerry Springer also shares my birthday, so I got that going for me as well. But my sister's such, her, her birthday is so cool. I have no competition in this area whatsoever with her. So this episode is going to go out to her and Elvis and David Bowie. We are going to play the Six Degrees of Rock and Roll back by popular demand. Everybody loves that segment. And today we're going to connect Elvis with David Bowie based on different fellow musicians that they happen to have collaborated with. So I think you'll catch on to how the game goes. If you've listened to past podcasts like we had the Six Degrees of Greg Ken and Rick Springfield, you know how this goes. But I think you'll catch on. It's not too complicated. It's kind of like the Kevin Bacon game. So let's start off with Elvis Presley, who was born on January 8th, 1935. And then he did stuff and had some hit songs and things like that. In fact, I believe to this day he is still the artist with the most top 40 hits on Billboard's Hot 100. And if somebody else has surpassed him since then, it doesn't really count because he didn't have streaming and downloads and things like that. So, so we'll give it to Elvis. He was the man with the most singles on the charts. Two of his singles, only one of them made the top 40, but uh, he had two singles, both in 1967, both uh, written, or no, both originally performed by the country great Jerry Reed. Those songs were Guitar Man and Big Boss Man. We got a lot of man songs coming up today, so I hope you guys are ready for that. They both appeared on the Clambake soundtrack. Everybody's seen Clam Bake. I was going to watch it before this episode, but I didn't get around to it. Sorry. Uh, it was, uh, I'm sure, a typical Elvis movie. However, the soundtrack didn't go uh, very well, the recording of it. So he went back in the studio and recorded some more songs that weren't actually in the movie just to put on the album. And uh, he was, I guess, digging on some Jerry Reed at the time. Um, he even wrote, uh, Jerry Reed even wrote the song, Guitar Man, and Elvis wanted him to come in and play what he calls the acoustic lead on the song. So we've got acoustic lead guitar uh, on this. 
and they had to track down Jerry Reed out on a fishing trip somewhere to drag him into the studio to record these songs with Elvis. Um, and so, uh, and he did, he agreed to it and everything. So uh, our playlist today is going to start off with two Elvis Presley tracks, uh, Guitar Man and Big Boss Man, both released in October of 1967. And again, we'll, we'll get into exactly how the six degrees are going to work. Uh, Guitar Man, uh, like I said, has Jerry Reed playing. Uh, also may have Floyd Kramer playing piano. You remember Floyd Kramer from those... Uh, uh, commercials the, back in the early 80s, I would say. Uh, he always had an album. Him and Boxcar Willie were always advertising something. And then we're going to follow that up with Big Boss Man, again, with Jerry Reed, and possibly Boots Randolph on saxophone. You remember Boots? What was his big hit song? Yakety Sax, best known as the Chase Scene song from the Benny Hill show, right? Or the theme song for the Benny Hill show. It's one of the few instrumentals in rock and roll history that make me laugh. So that's got that going for it. But also on Big Boss Man, you'll hear some rockin' harmonica. That harmonica is played by Charlie McCoy. Now, Charlie is a West Virginia brother of mine. Uh, he and I were both born when we lived in Oak Hill, West Virginia. Uh, we were not born the same year as each other, uh, but, uh, but we were both residents of Oak Hill when we were born. And uh, he uh, grew up in Fayetteville, which is where I attended my first concert. I was, I believe, four years old. I'm pretty sure I'll have to double-check the date on that. Uh, it was my first concert ever. Charlie McCoy uh, brought in the Statler Brothers to Fayetteville, West Virginia, and put on a show, and I was there, uh, or so they say. I slept through most of it, according to my mother, um, but that was my first show. So Charlie McCoy owns that distinction. He was also a big hero of my dad's who played harmonica as well. Charlie went on to lead uh, the Hee Haw Band. If you ever watched Hee Haw back in the 70s and 80s, uh, he was kind of the Paul Schaefer the Doc Severinsen of Hee Haw. Uh, he's multi-instrumentalist. He, he's a virtuoso at like everything. Uh, you know, trumpet, uh, harmonica, guitar, bass. In fact, he played guitar uh, on some Bob Dylan records as well as harmonica and uh, tuba, I think, or, or trombone, something like that. Um, he was on Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited album, Blonde on Blonde, John Wesley Harding. Uh, so he was all over that. He was in Nashville, uh, session cat, as they would say. But what got Charlie got Charlie's name out there was his performance on Roy Orbison's Candyman uh, in 1961. And so, of course, we're going to include that on our playlist. Uh, and the playlist, by the way, I didn't <laughs> tell you about that. You can check that out on Spotify at uh, Al Kendall's Album Sides, and you can check it out on YouTube or uh, Facebook, join our Facebook page, follow us, and you'll get uh, updates of our podcasts and and live performances, uh, Facebook Live events, things like that. Uh, so you'll want to check out these tunes because this is all a very rockabilly to glam rock playlist. It's going to be groovy. It's going to be, you're going to dig it. I promise you. So Charlie McCoy uh, played a harmonica, which was the featured instrument in Candyman. And everybody was just like, dude, who is that playing harmonica? And so everybody starts requesting him just based on that single. Candyman was actually a flip side of crying, 
Um, but it also, they flipped it over and, and it also hit the top 40. Same thing with Mean Woman Blues uh, by Roy Orbison, which we're also going to include just because I love it. <laughs> but it, uh, uh, but both of them were flip sides to ballads. Uh, mean Woman Blues was on Blue Bayou on the flip side of that. Um, anyway, but back to Candyman. It was actually written by Fred Neal, who wrote Everybody's Talking, that Harry Nilsson had a hit with. And uh, also The Other Side of His Life, which Jefferson Airplane did. Um, Paul Kanner was continuing to play that throughout his life. So so that's our first degree of separation. We're getting from Elvis to David Bowie, okay? So Elvis had Charlie McCoy on several tracks, actually, including Big Boss Man. Charlie McCoy was also on Candyman with Roy Orbison. And in case you don't know, Roy Orbison was once involved in a supergroup called the Traveling Wilburys. Now, I know this is a sudden jump from the 60s to the 80s, but it's still kind of a rockabilly tune. We're going to put Rattled on there by the Traveling Wilburys, which, of course, were made up of Roy Orbison, George Harrison from the Beatles, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, uh, Jeff Lynne from Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, they featured um, the drummer on that on their two albums, actually, was Jim Keltner, who was a famous session cat as well. And according to George Harrison's neighbor, uh, <laughs> something that found in an uh, article somewhere, uh, he said that uh, the drums unrattled. There's a part in there where it kind of sounds like he's playing a washboard, kind of scraping around and everything like that. So this guy says that it's Jim Keltner playing all the grills on the fridge in George Harrison's kitchen. How cool is that? I mean, we've all done some crazy things. In fact, I've played washboard on an album before, but uh, I love the little stories of exactly what it is that you're hearing. You know, you're rocking out to this tune like, dude, that they just took the tray out <laughs> the shelf out of the refrigerator and started scraping it. That's awesome. Uh, but the traveling Wilburys album also included um, Jim Keltner, like I said, but, uh, but it was George Harrison and Roy Orbison that we're looking at for the connection. And like I said, we're going to put rattled on there. George Harrison, obviously played with Ringo Starr and the Beatles. He co-wrote and produced a really cool tune called Back Off Boogaloo, which is very much uh, sort of in the glam rock vein of the early 70s. That came out in 1972. He was good friends with Mark Bolin from T-Rex. And uh, he tells a story on VH1 Storytellers about how uh, Mark Bolin just used the word boogaloo all the time. Oh, boogaloo. You boogaloo, things like that. And so that kind of inspired him to, to put it in a song. And, uh, and so, like I said, uh, George Harrison helped him flesh it out and produced it, plays the slide guitar on it as well. And there's some great bass guitar work on there by Klaus Vorman. And also some piano by Gary Dreamweaver Wright. Did you have any idea? The guy saying Dreamweaver, Gary Wright, plays piano on Back Off Boogaloo. But back to Klaus Vorman. Klaus actually uh, was friends with the Beatles back in Germany, lived with them for a time, and is the one who designed the album cover, the Grammy Award-winning album cover of their Revolver album, which was my first favorite album of all time because of the cover. I was like five years old, and I dig it out. I'm like, man, this looks cool. I put it on. I'm rocking out to Taxman. You know, I thought it was a superhero. Taxman, you know, and Yellow Submarine. What kid doesn't love that song? Uh 
but anyway, so so Klaus Vorman actually decided that that cover, so that's kind of cool. So he plays the bass on Back Off Boogaloo. Um, and Ringo also tells a great story about writing that song just in the middle of the night after having dinner with Mark Bull, and he comes up with the tune, and he gets up to record it. He wants to put it on tape so he doesn't forget it, and uh, has to steal the batteries out of his kids' toys to make the, the tape recorder work. It's good, good story, good story. Um, but uh, you remember how I said that Fred Neal, who wrote <laughs> Candyman, also wrote Everybody's Talking, a hit for Harry Nilsson. Well, Harry Nilsson recorded a version of Back Off Boogaloo with Ringo Starr in the 80s. They collaborated on that one. Uh, so that's just, Nilsson's going to come in and out of this story, so just give me a minute. Uh, he uh, so, so, okay, following our six degrees, Elvis would, worked with Charlie McCoy. Charlie McCoy worked with Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison worked with George Harrison. George Harrison uh, worked with Klaus Vorman. All right, so we're, we're up to Klaus. Nilsson, uh, back to Harry Nilsson, not only worked with Ringo, but he also did an album with John Lennon and was named the favorite artist by John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and David Bowie. If you've ever seen that Christmas thing with him and Bing Crosby, he talks about Harry Nilsson on there. But he released uh, Nilsson Schmilson in November of 1971, which also involved Jim Keltner from the Traveling Wilburys, Gary Dreamweaver Wright, and Klaus Foreman. Uh, they released three singles off of Nilsson Schmilson. I can't live if living is without you. I'm not going to, I can't sing, obviously. I'm not going to try to sing, <laughs> which also won him a Grammy. Uh, you remember Put Some Lime in the Coconut and, and all, that, all that. Okay, that was also Harry Nelson off that same album. But the third single was a cool rocking tune called Jump Into the Fire with Klaus Vorman uh, moving over to rhythm guitar to make room for Herbie Flowers on bass. Now, you got to listen to this song. It's very bass-heavy and has some mean, nasty, rocking bass on it. So check out Jump Into the Fire by Harry Nelson. Okay, so here we go. Wrapping it up. I'm not wrapping it up. I'll probably talk for a good while longer, but, <laughs> but I'm just catching you up to speed on the six degrees, right? We had Elvis working with Charlie McCoy. Charlie McCoy working with Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison working with George Harrison. George Harrison working with Klaus Vorman. Klaus Vorman working with Herbie Flowers, who also played bass on David Bowie's fantastic Diamond Dogs album, probably my favorite David Bowie album, uh, and uh, which featured the title track, of course, and also Rebel Rebel, stuff like that. Ainsley Dunbar on drums. Great, great record. you got to listen to this playlist. So many good songs. So I'm going to put Diamond Dogs on there just because that's my favorite. Um, but again, the concept behind album science is just to put together about 20, 25 minutes worth of music, which is what would have fit on a vinyl record. Uh, but songs that sound good together, but they're also connected in some way, historically, in one way or another. And like I said, I play different games on the on the show here. Uh, today it was the Six Degrees of Rock and Roll, but in the future we'll also be doing some Better Know a Band or uh, family albums and things like that. So thank you for joining me. Check us out. Facebook, Al Kendall's Album Sides, uh, and it's Al-Bum Sides. Al-Bum, like Al Kendall. Uh, so check us out on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and then on Spotify, again, uh, it's uh, Al Kendall's Album Sides. I'm not sure what pops up best, but I also recommend everybody, you're going to see a profile link, and you're also going to see the playlist link, or the, wait, profile and, well, something else. 
profile and podcast. Right, that's what it is. <laughs> now, you can go to either one. You're going to hear the podcast either place. But if you go to the profile, I'm going to have the podcast in a playlist with the songs. So that's where you're going to want to go, unless you just want to go to YouTube and check it out. Or Facebook, of course, will have the YouTube uh, links as well. So Again, thank you for joining me, Al Kendall, on Album Sides. Uh, we will be doing this again real soon. And until then, keep it in the groove.